I'm sorry. Was that your auntie? Oh, then that must mean that that's your uncle then, huh? Cinema 7. What's up, Cinema 7? Welcome back to the podcast. I am Mario B. Um, Chris Hawk is with me this time. Chris Hawk is back. We're continuing the resurgence. We're continuing the resurgence. That's what we're doing. And you're back. The resurgence. The last episode I posted, I just talked about some of the things that I've seen. I've talked about uh, where we want to go with the podcast, which if you wanted to talk about Chris Hawk or mention right now, we're just going to talk about whatever. Okay, we're going to be more open to things. We're going to be, uh, I'm going to try to get more interviews for the podcast, like local personalities, local businesses, you know, more stuff like that, or or just more uh, interviews in general, I should say, is what I'm going to try to do, and or what we're going to try to do. And uh, we're going to try to be more uh, supportive of other communities and we're just going to bring more compassion to the podcast. Uh, that's, that's one of the goals we want to do now. And like I said, we're going to talk about anything. So politics, uh, social issues, society, uh, NBA, football, whatever the heck, golf, soccer, women's soccer. (laughs) I think that's, that's a perfect lead into me giving the the best, the best (laughs) Look, I got it. It's done. I'm cutting you off. All right. Right there. Okay, tell us what you've been up to, Chris Hogg. Let me tell you that. I I think if football got rid of commercials, football would be just as good as soccer would be. But this was one of the best gaming sports show, TV event that I may have ever watched. It was just a full awesomeness. These women are warriors. They're not even women anymore. They are right. like goddesses. They are goddesses. Go- goddesses. They're, no, they're beyond goddesses. They beyond. are whatever's beyond that. They are truth. <laughs> they are Life. truth. Listen, the this was it was incredible watching this. Um, I just just incredible. I want I want my little my little girl to see these role models. These are the type of role models, strong, outspoken, patriotic role models that girls should see, little girls, teenagers. They're just, there's someone to look up to, even for boys, even for men. I agree. I look up to their athleticism. I look up to what they accomplished, and I think a lot of... uh People in general, especially you, Chris, because you're hype about this. You know, Dude, it's it was incredible. I was, I've been, I haven't been able to watch too many games, but I, of course, I've been following the U.S. women's soccer team because they kicked ass four years ago. And uh, well, honestly, the United States kind of owns the women. They've medaled in every single uh, World Cup, whether it be the first, the first one they won. They medaled in the couple later than the 1999 famous one with Mia Hamm and uh, Chastain. 
you know, they got that's like one of the famous landmark victories for the women's soccer team. And then they've medaled in silver and bronze in every single World Cup. So it's not like we scrubs. We, yeah, yeah, America breeds women's soccer players that are Terminators, that are goddesses. I mean, have you seen their thighs? I will not be caught dead near any of their thighs. I would be crushed. Their thighs are bigger than my thighs. Their thighs are bigger than... Cantaloupes, watermelons, (laughs) tree trunks. Tree trunks. Let me just tell you, the only thing that stops them is age. But time kills everyone. You know, time time is the winner in every race. And their thighs? <laughs> and their thighs. Big, beautiful thighs. Yes. Body po- body positivity, y'all. Big thighs, it's a be- beautiful athle- It's a beautiful athletic bodies out there. And these women were killing it. So the uh, United States team is a very confident team. They're a very aggressive team. And they're very... They, if you make a mistake against the American team, prepare to prepare to lose. That's to lose. that's all I have to. That's all I have to say to you. They are they are perfectionists, and if they see like a gap, a window of opportunity, there's no if ands or buts. You better hang on to your butts. The U.S. capitalizes on corner kicks and uh, penalty kicks, but I just got to give a shout out to the United States uh, women national team. Back-to-back champs, dynasty, gold medals. You know what you got next? What you What's got? What's next? What's what you next? Got next? What's next? Because you, you go. There's always improvement, even though they're goddesses and warriors and Amazon warriors and Amazon warrior goddesses, goddesses mm-hmm. with uh, with thighs of thunder and lightning. Yeah. What's the next they're thing inc- you wanted to talk about? <laughs> the next thing? Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, Mad Magazine. Mario, you ever read Mad Magazine? Uh, when I was a kid, I think I used to get some of them or take them from lo- like doctors' lobbies and 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 stuff like that, I, and look at them because I liked the comics and stuff in them or the parodies. But I, I never really, I don't. I wouldn't say I really got into them at all. They were just I. They were I knew of them and always knew what they were. So when um when my parents fully got this transitioning kids from summer divorce system down where we'd my parents would meet halfway they'd trade us off like a couple of basketball players to a new team and (laughs) we'd drive back down to virginia for the summer and then come back and always when i when me and my brother got into the car uh, my stepmother would always have magazines and stuff for us like archie's digest jughead digest comics and always what i would usually get would be a mad magazine and mad magazine pretty much is like a factor or a contributing factor to how my humor is today. It's, it's pretty, the comics in this, in this magazine, the, the satire is what really drew me to it. The absolutely how they made fun of movies and it was, you know, that's their thing and the funny stories and jokes and, and it's been with me. For a long time, I don't. I can't remember the last time I picked up a Mad magazine because you mm-hmm. know you just you just forget about stuff. But now they are ceasing to uh, print Mad magazine. Uh, I think it's about a it's a months or a year left. I mean, who, and I th- who talks about think, the magazine anymore? Right, and I think DC owns 
um, Mad Magazine. And this isn't the first time that DC Comics is actually subsidizing and downsizing their comics and magazine division. And that's a, and I think um, compared to their comics, Mad Magazine outsells most of the DC Comics. That's weird to me because I hear online more chatter about like the new Batman comic or, you know, a new what's going on with Superman or, you know, their, uh, you know, their event issues and stuff like that. More so than I hear anybody even care about Mad anymore. Right, right, right. And it's the only thing I can think of is that Mad Magazine appeals to more people than just comic book people. Yeah. I mean, they do have a lot of stuff in there too, don't they? Besides like parodies and and, and things oh, like that. Yeah, it's it's a lot of it's a it's a ton of comics itself. It's basically a serial comic funnies. It's like combining all the Sunday funnies into one magazine, and then you know, there's parables in there. There's mini comics. There's continuing stories, and there's a it's a grab bag book and uh, it's it's going to be gone. I think it's Mad Magazine started, you know, in the heyday where things just. Do you think uh, the last issue is going to be a big collector item, a big deal? See, I don't I don't know. It's because magazine. Yeah, I have to talk to John about that because he knows what would be collectors and what wouldn't. I mean, but I think anything that's last and first printed, first edition printed might be mm-hmm. might be worth something but it's it's always about who wants it you know the need of it yeah so i i uh what i think about getting it i mean it, they're only like 4 bucks hey maybe you should uh, reconnect with when you used to get them i do remember the um back in the day the uh, star wars one when they made fun of um episode one. That's. I remember uh, that. I think I remember that one too. And I remember they used they made fun of wrestling at like WWF and and WCW. And I think my dad got those at one point. Anything wrestling he collected. Oh, I I, I imagine. Boys. <laughs> oh man, I I think uh, they say it's not going to be gone forever. But it's just, they're not going to read. They're, they're pulling not gonna, the Toys R Us. Yeah, it's not going to be gone forever. It's just nothing's going to be new, and they're probably just going to reprints. Is there anything uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get into Spider-Man? Yeah, um, there's two trailers that came out, Mario. We'll talk about Knives Out first, because I know you loved that joke about uh, CSI KFC. You just oh, loved yeah, it yeah. so much. So, so the so Knives whole trailer out, seemed the like na- Murder on the Train, or whatever that movie was that we went to see. <laughs> And it seemed like that mixed with Clue uh, with some not-so-funny satire that we've seen too many times. And then Chris Evans, who is a hunk of a man and a beautiful person who, if I were gay, I would totally try to throw my hat into marrying that man (laughs) for his ass alone. But he says this joke uh, while throwing food in his mouth or something, and he's like... What, I, what is this? CSI KFC. And, and it's then like, it's like the CSI. Yeah. It's like, is that supposed to be funny? I was like, that was the best joke ever heard in my entire life. Let me just tell you more. 
Yeah. But uh, this is something I'm very excited for. Ryan Johnson heading back to his own individual projects. Um, I'm a big fan of Brick, Looper. Joey Hill can uh, laud over Brick immensely. That's one of Joey Hill's uh, favorite movies. And the Who Done It is a movie. It's something that's not done as often as other movies. Like the murder mystery, yes, but a Who Done It style movie where it's in a set, it's in one location. It's like a bottle movie, and um, it's something to be excited for because the cast is just so good. It's just a so well diverse cast, and uh, everyone is star studded. And it's fine. It's funny when Chris Evans plays against his type. Well, plays against his current type because he's been playing the best part of America for the past 10 years. And now he gets to get a little loosey goosey and, um, you know, be a, be kind of a dick. Go back to his roots. Goes back. (laughs) Just to go back to his roots. Go back to his roots. I bet he's happy. Yep. So I'm excited. And then, uh, Mario, they showed the Mulan trailer. I watched it on TV. I watched it on my TV as well, but I casted it through my phone on YouTube Interesting. Interesting. Technology. Hashtag technology. But uh, I I think it looks really good. Like, I know I saw memes where people were making fun of it's not going to have music or the dragon and they're like, uh, skip or, you know, or something like that, it says. And I think I think they're all. You know what? If you want that version, go watch the Mulan version. Yeah, I, I think this is good, though, because it's getting away from like the Lion King and Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast being exactly the same as yeah, the yeah, animated. Yeah, yeah. So this one, I think, is going to play more on the Chinese traditions, which it looks like. Uh, it looks like it's actually going to be almost like uh, Crashing Tiger, Hidden Dragon in the That's sense of drama and its seriousness. And it looks like it will pertain to some of the Chinese films I've seen, uh, like Red Red Cliff. Red Cliff was one. That was a really good movie. Uh, there was another one I just watched recently. That was really good. I, I love foreign movies. I love martial art movies. I love Chinese films. And I this pertained to me when I was watching the trailer. So I'm hyped for it. And, you know, Mulan is uh, a good story. And, and uh, it's very positive, too. So it mixes in. Is it coming out this year or next year? It's next year, uh, March. Okay. It's it's exciting because for Disney to go away from the musical and the lightheartedness mm-hmm. with with subtle deep themes, it's interesting because I want to know how deep they're going to go into the mythology of Mulan because it looks like they're going away from trying to hide her identity in the army because you know there's a lot of shots with her with the long hair kicking some some crazy ass. Well, that could be... Uh, that could be end, of course. Yeah, that could be towards the end where she finally reveals herself or whatever. But everything looks super, you know, um, traditional to the Chinese yep. culture and the history mm-hmm. and stuff. So I think that is awesome. And uh, uh, Yeah, I agree. It's beautiful, too, when she puts on that makeup and the geisha-type makeup and, and uh, just beautiful. Just beautiful. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see the fighting. I, I agree with you about the whole Chinese aspect, the the legend of Mulan, the tradition of Chinese culture. I just I want to see more of that, which they did 
do a little. They did a lot of it in the Mulan animated movie, but something more serious from Disney is something that's you know why people are instantly ragging on it because it's not Mulan animated, and maybe we just try something new. Yeah, I'm gonna accept it for what it is. I'm gonna see it because I think it looks good, regardless of music or not. That's just me personally. So I'm hype. Mario. Yes. Black Ariel. What do we what do we think? I think she she's pretty and Right. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters either. Who cares? It's it literally is. Disney the, the dumbest argument. Okay, Disney Princess I'm sorry to cut you off, but Disney Princesses Princesses need more Princesses. We need more diverse Disney princess. Absolutely correct. And the only thing the only thing is, she can't have a nose. Why not? There are mermaids. You don't need a nose underwater. Blew your blew your mind, didn't I? <laughs> blew, blew your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Does she need ears too then? No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh man. What about I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited yeah. for that too. I, little as a kid, I used to love Little Mermaid. I, I have to watch. I, I have to. That. After we watch all these movies again, because I haven't seen them in years. Di, what is it? Disney Plus. <laughs> Disney Plus. Are you gonna get it? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Speaking if, uh, of Disney, if the only way if the only way I can see Sam Wilson Captain America is through Disney Plus, then I have to get it. I have. Yeah, to, I, I have, have to. to get it. Have to. Me too. It's instant. Got to see Sam Wilson. Loki's dead Y'all, to me, so I'm not going to watch that show. Who's Loki? Yeah. Okay. Who's Loki? Loki's dead. Who's that? Loki's dead. He's still dead. But I, I, I came for Sam Wilson, so I better see some high quality production value out of Sam Wilson Captain America. Okay. Shaba- Sebastian. Stan. Stan. My boy. Our boy. Can we actually see him do something? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> My Winter Soldier. All right, let's get down to the nitty gritty, Mario. All right, I'm good. ready. That was good. Uh, Twenty minutes. Welcome to the main event. All right, Mar- so today Mario said at the beginning of the episode, we're talking about the new Spider-Man movie of the MCU. The I'm gonna call this the epilogue of Phase Three. It is Spider-Man: Far From Home. Mario, give me them dirty deets, them first initial reaction from this movie. Is this phase three or phase four? This is the end of phase three is Spider-Man Far From Home. It's like the, it's technically phase three. Next year, we'll start phase four. Everyone and their mother called the whole villain thing online. Okay, so that was no, I was never shocked at all in this movie. I don't think. Hold on, hold on. Spider-Man's a menace. Okay, we all know (laughs) Spider-Man's the villain. And that Mysterio is... A superhero. Do you ask for my first thoughts, okay? Go ahead, go ahead. Shush, shush, shush. Shush, shush my mouth. <laughs> shush your mouth. Shush, shush Christoph. Is that your auntie? Is that your auntie? Oh, then th- this this must be your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I wasn't shocked by anything. I I I uh I was expecting 
Now we're gonna go full out. We we're yeah, gonna. Full, we, there's no, no no holds barred. No holds barred. No holds barred. Spoiler alert! Right now, we'll try not to, to do too much spoilers, but uh, sorry no, if no. we do. You've had you've had a whole July Fourth spectacular weekend to see this movie, and you have seen this movie, so yeah. So if you're yeah. not yeah, before I get into some other nitty gritty stuff, mm-hmm. do you think we should see this movie in theaters? Do you think this is a movie that needs to be seen in theaters? I think for the Mysterio parts alone, that would be IMAX quality stuff right there that you might need to see in theaters. I think if you got a great sound system coming from like a surround sound system, things that Mysterio does, you know what I'm talking about, the, yeah. the Mysterio parts. I think that alone is probably one of the better cinematic scenes in the entirety of the MCU just because it's so... it's. So That'll that part right there. Uh, in my personal opinion, if you've seen this movie in theaters already, I think it was worth it. But if you haven't yet and you want to wait till it comes out on digital or DVD, perfectly fine, in my honest opinion. Unless you're a huge Spider-Man like Chris Hawk, then do what Chris Hawk just said. I'm a huge Spider-Man. Like uh like Mario's a huge Spider-Man. You're not gonna miss this one. Yeah. All superheroes. I'm not going to miss it. not going to miss it. No matter how much we bitch about them, we're always going to see them. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Same with Star Wars. Yep. Same. So, so, like I said, I wasn't shocked by anything, really. You know, I did think that maybe the multiverse stuff could be true to bring in people like the Fantastic Four or the X-Men. Uh... What I really liked about this movie was MJ and Peter. Now, there's a reason Chris Hawk told me, because Chris Hawk said the parts that I would like was Mysterio, and I wouldn't like MJ and Peter. Awkwardness. The awkwardness. I wouldn't like it because of... Um, I, I only said that Emotional because, reasons. I only said that because you didn't like them in the last movie. Well, see, I didn't. their dynamic wasn't played on that well, I don't think, in that movie. Right. Like this, you know, he likes her. Right. Feel, you know, he liked that other girl. Liz Toombs. Yeah. He didn't like MJ. Now he likes MJ. Yeah. So I like the teenager dy- feelings are fleeting. They have, <laughs> they switch. You get crushes yeah. every new week. Yeah. But I did like that awkwardness. It reminded mm-hmm. me of um, some stuff in my uh, more recent relationship. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of. Also, because of the interracialness, it, it mm-hmm. also reminded me of that. So mm-hmm. I connected to the movie on Peter and MJ alone. And and I liked Peter's not only awkwardness, but it, it almost played on his anxiety, which I have just recently found out I have. And I spotted his nervousness, which I'm a very nervous person, very shy person around people I like. And, I, you know, they're both dorks. So, you know, I related that too with my recent relationship. So I I, uh, I related it to it on that level, and I also related to it because I miss Tony, and they played a lot on uh, Tony not being there, Iron Man, and I really like John Favreau. I just recently watched his show, The Chef, on Netflix. It's a good show. Oh, it's awesome! It's an awesome show. If you like food or like food shows or anything like that, and you like people, uh, this. Sh- being real with each other. Go watch Shoot, that show. Shooting the shit. Oh, yeah. Shooting the shit like we're doing. Watch The Chef on Netflix. It's good stuff, guys. 
it's a very laissez-faire talk show style. So I liked, I wasn't, I'm not, I'm now, okay, I'm, I'm saying this. I didn't like the new Aunt May. Okay. You never liked the new Aunt May. I, she's a pretty lady. Actor, she's a good actress. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, so therefore she has like, value. <laughs> that scene made me cry. Um, <sighs> but I, I'm starting to get on, I'm starting to let that go. That she's not old. You know, she's not of the usual Aunt May age. So I am starting to really get a, get attached to the... I also got attached to the Happy and Aunt May relationship that they played on. Um, I think that was really sweet and charming, too. And, and uh, just cute, you know? Cute like the MJ and Peter thing. And, and Peter getting jealous, too. Um, we can all relate to that. Mm-hmm. As human beings, we all get jealous in situations, and I think we can all relate to that. And we all overthink. So I, I related it to that, and and I just felt it was more Spider-Man by himself. You know, even though there's Nick Fury and and Shield, and they made them seem really stupid <laughs> in this movie. They're so dumb. I I. Uh, I just really enjoyed this feeling more like Spider-Man's own movie, more so than the first one. Even though there's still, I, 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 I think this is leading into him having his own solo movie for the third one. Uh, and I think there still needs to be a lot of work done to make it in his own universe, in my opinion. I, I still think they did a pretty good job at making it feel more like him by himself, you know? Yes. So I I um I love this movie through and through. I will There's something about all the Spider-Man movies that gets you. You you have the Toby Spider-Mans and it's it's truly about responsibility and the relationships that can put a strain on your responsibility. You have Garfield and to be honest those movies weren't the best Spider-Man movies, but they still showed you how fun it could be to be Spider-Man. It, it showed you how dangerous it could be. Real stake. Yeah, real stakes. And then in this one, you're seeing a side of Spider-Man that you haven't seen, and that's the, the out-of-their-league Spider-Man. It's the Tom Holland is severely out of his league, and he has been out of his league, since the since he's been in the MCU. And that's a side of Spider-Man we really don't see a lot of is usually when we see Spider-Man he is nearly into college. He is, you know, old non-ultimate comics. He's he's kind of sure of himself still. He he has a confidence to him as Spider-Man that says I can take on the world and I'll get back up when I get down. But this Spider-Man hasn't got there yet. And I think that's what we're seeing with these movies. And I hopefully the third one ends this, this little arc that they're going for. And he'll be able to stand on his own and get his... like this. There's going to be three movies of this arc of him as baby Spider-Man. And then he'll be full-grown Spider-Man to, to lead the MCU down some glorious path in the future. But dealing with teenager problems is always something that I... I like in movies. And I know they they called 
the last Spider-Man, like a Breakfast Club Spider-Man, but I felt more Breakfast Club in this one than I did the last one. I felt more John Hughes. Yeah, more John Hughes in this one than they did from the last one. Because you have all the characters together, all the teenagers together, the entire movie. While last one, there were minor rotating characters in the same peripheral. But this one, they're all together and they all get a lot of screen time. And they're all they're all mixing and meshing together. Yeah. And I think that really helps the movie. You have Jake Gyllenhaal, who is a who's a really good villain or hero, whoever, however you see it. You know, it's it's your perspective. <laughs> but I think. They gave Jake Gyllenhaal, they took him off the leash and they let Jake Gyllenhaal play. And I think an unhinged Jake Gyllenhaal is a fun Jake Gyllenhaal. So I think the move, a superhero movie rides on its villain. And I think, I believe that Mysterio was a good villain for this Spider-Man entry. And it helps the character Spider-Man grow every single time he encounters a villain that changes him. It's it's exemplary, and that's what this movie. It's what it. It's what the movie needs for him to grow. So I think they did right. Uh, I, now I, I kind of I, I I agree, but I also have an opinion on Mysterio that oh, I can't go, I can't really go ahead get off the tip of my tongue or find the words, but I, I do think they wrote a really good uh, plot with using Mysterio and how they came up with Mysterio in this universe. And I, I, and I like how it did play on him wanting to have that mentor still and latching on to, you know, a mentor missing Tony and finding that replacement that he needs, you yeah. know, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I just, I per- I don't know. I don't think they let Jake Gyllenhaal loose entirely that much. I feel like they, if they really wanted to let him loose, he could have done so much more. I, I, f- I feel like in all of these movies, in my personal opinion, that the director doesn't even matter anymore. And it's literally the it's really Kevin Feige. You know, who's calling the shots. Just make Kevin Feige director, in my opinion. But, I, you know, I, I really like this movie. I I didn't like Homecoming as much because I, I, I'm i such a Spider-Man 1 and 2 fan that I... And 3. And I do like 3. I like yeah. them all. I like yeah. them all. Yeah. It's Spider-Man. I Spider-Man. just... I was so... I was mad that people were like, this is the best Spider-Man movie ever. He's the best Spider-Man. Yeah. I, I totally disagreed with that. But, you know, this movie made me like Homecoming a lot more. And, but I still think that this movie was better than Homecoming. Yeah, he's still a little bit on training wheels, and until he's by himself, which it's going to be hard for the MCU because it's such a connected universe now. Yeah, and they're going to they're going to strive to join together franchises within franchises. So maybe like a team up movie, or maybe like a since you're in New York City, Manhattan, Queens. Brooklyn, Staten Island, you know, you're so close through all these other superheroes like Doctor Strange, Fantastic Four, the X-Men Upstate. It's going to be interesting to how they do Spider-Man's story. Is there any characters that um, besides the villain uh, that stuck out to you or, or 
the way the actors played these characters? Uh, it's not what my biggest tiff is uh, Aunt May, actually. Really? And, and how little screen time she gets with Peter. So in the comic books, that's some of the strongest relationships in comic books is Aunt May and Peter. And they really don't get any good scenes together. Like Tobey Maguire and, uh, and Aunt May, which is, you know, that's some powerful stuff there. She encourages him. Yeah. You know, she she is a figure that's in in Toby's in uh in Peter's life that's you know reverent. She's yeah. she's this idol, you know. She he li- tries to live up to her and we just don't get that in this this you don't, Peter Parker. You don't feel yet. it at all? I, I don't I want I wanted a better scene than comedic relief, which I is gotcha. what within what I mean you get the the airport scene at the end and yeah. that's that's good and then you get the happy and may scene next but I want to see a scene where you know she like I understand she has to understand that he does this for a reason but she's not gonna like it yeah type of thing I want to see that I want to see that more protect that, that I want to see that human emotion up in there you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. let let Marissa Tomei what she can do act her butt off and let's see some good, like, next movie, I want it to be the relationship between, like, MJ, build on the relationship of MJ and Peter, but also build on the relationship of May and Peter, because May's been there the entire time. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question. Now, I think in Z- Zendaya does a great job in this movie. I think she's a good, that teenage type of MJ. Um, I like her character's dark uh sense of humor i like how the character is very kind of gothy but not but do you so she likes she obviously likes peter you can tell for him being himself but do you think once she so total spoilers here okay (laughs) do you think that once she finds out it's he's superman that she likes him more superman I mean, Sp- I mean Spider-Man. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's got to be, there's got to be some type of admiration there. Like, if you found out you were dating Wonder Woman, I'm pretty sure you would be like, oh, hell yeah, that's a lot more sexier than just being Diana Prince. Why? Why would that, why would that be, se- why would, I mean. Why would, why would that not be? It's saving, putting your life on the line for others is sexy. I, <laughs> yeah, but average people can do it. But they're not average anymore. They're special people now. Oh, true. I'm talking about firefighters. <laughs> they're also a special hot, breed of heroes. Hot, hot sexy firefighters. That's oh, what yeah. I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. Um, totally. If I found out Brittany, Brittany was a wife, by, wife, uh, wife mother by day, dog saving, you know, from the naps of evil doers by night, I mean, I think I would like her. I wouldn't like her a little bit more, but I think you're starting already, to see it now, aren't you? You're starting to think of, now that you're putting this example out there. You're starting to see it now. What I'm talking about? I think I'd, I'd think <laughs> she'd be more badass than usual. Oh, okay, okay. Look, how, how could you? How could you not? How could you not like them a little, or love them, or admire them more? I don't know. I, I guess I, I see what you're saying. I just. I don't know. I liked how she liked Peter 
Furui was, but it's funny how once she was like, you're Spider-Man. Like, it was just like instant, boom, we're together, I guess. But I guess the whole trip was building to the moment of them commit, you know, telling each other that they like each other anyway. So in a way, you're right. I guess you can admire somebody for what they do and being selfish. Maybe not love more or, you know, you know, teenagers are weird. So it could be any, it could be anything. Yeah. Just full of hormones. (laughs) Maybe love more, like more is in the right wordage. Yeah. Or attracted to more. Okay. For teenagers. For teenagers. Well, I guess for anybody in the, that's just the human mentality, I guess. I mean, okay. If you found out your significant other was a supervillain, what would you, what would you think? I don't know. I think I'd, I'd be devastated. I have to think about it for a few days. I would, uh, I would try to support them. I would try to make them understand that what they're doing is dumb. If they killed me, (laughs) then I'm dead, I guess. But I would, I would still love them to the end until they murdered me. Of me trying to convince them the other, the opposite. If, okay, so here's a good hypothetical. If your significant other was a superhero and they never told you, but you found out. Yeah. How would you feel? Now, did they kill people? No, 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 no. They're, they're good, good. They're like the best of the, they're Captain America, right? Oh, they're Captain America. Best, best of the best. Best morals, best everything. Put everyone else forward. So first. it depends on so, the, so, so if they, they were never hiding t- it from me. They never tell you. Yeah. And you find out. And you've been dating forever, you're all engaged and all that, married million years, I already had kids, never tell you. I mean, they're still kind of keeping something from you, so I'd be a little upset like that. So but in general, okay. Now you're going you're, you're going off of me. <laughs> I can't stay mad at my significant other for longer than five minutes. Right. Okay, so I have to if there's an issue, I want to fix it right away so that we can be happy and, right. and make love and, and do whatever else, you know, like just hang out and, and sleep together. And that means cuddling and just falling to sleep, literally. But like, so I, I don't know. I obviously I'd be a little mad that they didn't tell me something. You know, I'd be like, whoa, excuse me. <laughs> this is why you've been running around, you know, like. <laughs> And I'm I'm sitting here getting anxious and overthinking that you might be cheating on me or something, but you're Captain fucking America, Chris Evans, with that I mean, beautiful ass. I don't understand why you got to see your boys every night, but damn, okay. Yeah. You're doing something. You're doing something. What are you doing? What are you doing? No one else. You mean, you guys never told me you were all Avengers? And I, I do, I do, I am glad that they're, they're following the trend of relationship, Peter. Um, Peter yeah. and his relationships and his romantic relationships uh, is a uh, important part of the uh, Peter Parker Spider-Man mythos. It only adds to the screws that people can turn to make his life a miserable hell. Like that other student who was trying to, who obviously Brad. liked MJ too, Brad. Brad. Yeah, we all know so, Brad. We all so know far, fucking Brad. So, so <laughs> online, people hate the crap out of Brad. Let oh, me tell you, man. But we all know. We all know a Brad. Oh, we we almost definitely all know a Brad. And do you, uh <laughs> Do you think Peter was also being a Brad? Ooh, like he was being a Brad. Do you think he was being a Brad? Cuz we've all been Brads too, I feel like at some point. I, I think Peter's awkward and his awkwardness got him into awkward situations that um I think Peter's pure. Okay. Okay. Now, did you relate to Peter? Cuz I related to Peter a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um I think wanting to do 
wanting to do the things you want to do mm-hmm. and also having a huge responsibility and not wanting to do it. Yeah. I think I think anyone could relate to that and just how yeah. your wants, responsibilities, you know, new attractions. Yeah. I see I relate to Peter as I said earlier about like his anxieties and his nervousness and and you know the way he's awkward around the girl he likes and and mm-hmm. and how much he's willing to you know uh I think I related to Peter's selflessness because I feel like as a person myself I'm very selfless mm-hmm. and um as a person who's selfless it, it's it's difficult to be selfish. And so you put your priorities in other people. So I kind of related to that with Peter. And I think, and I think I'm one of the most humble people in the world. So yeah, uh, (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Chris Hawk is so humble. I'm, I'm extraordinarily humble. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about some of the, um, the peripheral characters. Mario, you said you liked happy. What about happy? Um, we haven't seen Happy in a while. It's mm-hmm. Endgame. We see him. We see him a little bit in Endgame. We see him a little bit in Iron Man three, and I think, I think we don't see him for a long time after Iron Man three. So I like Happy because he was always so supportive, even though he was kind of Tony's assistant, you know, all the right. time or whatever. Right. He was always supportive. I think, and he you can tell he cared about Tony. So I liked him for that, but I never really like gravitated to him as I did in this movie. Mm-hmm. But also at the end of Endgame, when he's talking to Tony's daughter, he'd get her all the hamburger and stuff. That also shows you how much he cared about Tony. Right. And how much he's willing to give to his daughter to make sure she's safe. So right. I really loved Happy at the end of Endgame. Um, so in this one coming into it, it was just good to see him be in it. And it was good to see John Favreau be such a humble and such a uh just a character who like a who, like a he's almost like a semi mentor mentor yeah. like he's like obviously he's not as good as tony but he is he gives the right advice at the right time and he shows up when he's needed and i think for any any person that doesn't have a father figure in their life or a anyone they could look up to when you have that person you you can rely on i think that means a lot more to peter than Happy realizes. I mean, maybe Happy realizes, but Peter doesn't have a father figure. He had one, and now he had Tony, and then he lost that one, and he loses all his fa- father figures. Yeah. So for Happy to be there, of course it's going to be awkward with his aunt because Peter's very protective of his aunt. Um, just yeah. happy, be- happy being there, happy picking him up was truly a great... It was a great moment. I teared up a lot when uh, Peter was running through the daisies and he was limping to Happy, and Happy's concerned, and that was a very touching part. Very touching part. See, I feel like a lot of people don't or can't emotionally relate to things like that, and I feel like it's cool that me and you and people like us who just tear up in little dumb moments like that, you know, can find something that we relate to, and we can find something, or we can emotionally, you know, we empathize we we have empathy you know towards things like that between two characters and i think that it's very special that we can relate to those things 
And I think it's just cool that someone like Happy, who looks like Happy, gets a girl, gets a gal, <laughs> gets a nice yeah, gal. Not, not just any gal, like the hottest aunt in the world or something oh, yeah. like that. Is that your auntie? Is that your auntie? Every time. Yeah. Every, every time. time. So let's talk about, um, so uh, another character that didn't get a lot of screen time, but has probably some of the funniest lines in the movie is Ned. And I, how do you feel as Ned as like Harry's, and a Harry's, as Peter's Harry Osborne? Because of course you need that best friend. And see, and I wish, I wish Ned did a little bit more. I, don't, I haven't read a lot of Miles Morales, but I've connected the dots of what I've heard of Miles Morales' character with, you know, his friend. Right. Uh, I, don't, I don't know his friend's his, name. His name is Gank, I think, like G-A-N-K-E. And, um, but I know yeah, Miles Morales is a comics I need to get caught up on again. But I know people have, since Homecoming came out, related that they, that Ned character to that other character and have kind of, you know, picked on Marvel for kind of taking from, you know, Miles Morales' story, you know, and adding Ned into this one just so it was different from the other editions of Spider-Man. Right. But I like Peter having a best friend. I, I like... Cause, a good, be- a good yeah. best friend, too. I've always... Because, yeah. Because I, Her- uh, James Franco kind of wasn't the best best friend. No. I mean, he was... He was Obviously, you can see that they were best friends, you know, right. character-wise. You, you didn't feel it, but you just, you understood it. But you also understood that they also kind of didn't really connect on an entire, like, there's, best friend level, I guess. Is what I mean, there's saying. a jealousy there from Peter because of, you know, Harry's rich. There's yeah. always going to be some jealousy there. And, you know, Ned and Park and Peter are both, you know, they're both in a special school for geniuses. and they're kind of on an even playing field. And I think that that's a better relationship than what Harry and Peter have. Yeah. Now, of course I want a Harry Osborne because Harry Osborne is trouble and he's drama. And that also means Norman Osborne, who's also more trouble and drama. <laughs> yeah. Cause it'd be great to see green goblin in this oh, uh, MCU. Most, most definitely. Except that we've seen a green goblin in every Spider-Man series so far. So I think they're going to take a break until he's, Till he's adult, because mm-hmm. I th- I think Green Goblin is an adult villain. Yeah, he uh, he is the Joker to Batman. He is the Lex Luthor to Superman. To Superman, he yeah. is he is a incredible villain, and I don't want it to be like a one and done thing. I want I want him to be then like if there is an, ever a villain that could terrorize the MCU. And in the comic book universe, it's it's Norman Osborn, and yeah, that's what you that's I, I what agree. you want. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, exactly, and also because there's other goblins that get involved based on just Norman Osborn's impact. You know that in in the whole Spider-Man mythos that it right. just uh, it, he he becomes that made state villain or whatever you want to how you say it. It's insidious. That's what it is. His Ooh. his 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 reign is insidious to people all around him. His hate seeks into everyone because he hates Peter Parker, Spider-Man so much. You know, you can also say that Peter or that Harry is jealous of Peter. Yeah, you can because Harry pines over Mary Jane. Yeah. 
Peter has people that admire him not because he has money. Mm-hmm. You know, when he when he starts going to college, you know, in the comics, you know, he's he's legitimately legitimately smart. You know, and he he's selfless. Peter has always been selfish, selfless, and um, you know, I've always related to Peter Parker. Peter Parker, the character, you know, whatever rendition it was, rendition, you know, I, I so it's so just you cool. skate, you skateboard, yeah, bro, you, you're the skateboarding Spider Man, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, I, I uh, yeah, so it's just cool to see Peter have a best friend. So Ned's, it's 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 a cool dynamic to watch a, su- a supportive best friend yeah. at that, and a person that will keep. What is it? Friends of Spider-Man? Is that what it is? FOS? Friends of Spider-Man? Yeah. Friends it's of all, Spidey? It was also funny to see that whole... Because that I feel like that's what happens with teenage relationships. Like when you go on field trips and, and shit like that, you see people get together and then like a <laughs> week later they break up. It's all about the experience. Yeah. <laughs> that, that right there, I laughed every single time they did so. They did Babe or Honey yeah. or Sweetie, Sweetheart. That was the Betty Brant... The Betty Brant and the uh, Ned was some of the funniest stuff. How 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 did you like that intro, Mario? To the they did the the crappy in memoriam on the uh, news show. So at it's the beginning. I thought it was funny because it was so because they also put in like uh, it also <laughs> had like a like a copyrighted title over the picture <laughs> that they used. You know, like it was just it's like something you know you see someone make really like i i can make something crappy like that you know i guess it, it was it's funny but I, I like how they start they started for uh homecoming with like a thing that peter did about civil war so it caught up it, uh, everyone in civil war and i hope in the third movie they do something funny like that again keep on going with the uh the theme of uh crappy intros yeah but it Crappy, funny intros because it kind of it does set the movie for Spider Man a little bit. That you know, Spider Man is kind of a he's a funny hero. You know he he's also a serious hero. Do you want to so talk like about um, those mid credit scenes? Yeah. Do you want to get into that? Let's do it, Mario. I want to know your honest reaction. So people, we've been people we've kinda, been talking. Yeah, we've been talking about who should take his spot. People really um, kind of ruined it for me, so I knew. What? I expected you knew it. I expect. Yep. Did they so, really ruin it? So on Instagram, so or was it Instagram or it was on the news on my Google News or something? It was like J.K. Simmons at the Spider-Man premiere, and I was that like, "Oh, mean, that's that cool." Doesn't, that doesn't and mean then, shit, though. But there's a guy at work, and then there's another guy I know that kept saying. Oh, you'll love the end. like you and Nick talking too about the end credit scene. I was like, something's going on here. Gosh damn it! Did I ruin it? I, you you gave me suspicion. Gosh damn it, Mario! And it's easy to make me suspicious. And <laughs> the, <laughs> and the guy at work was just like, "Oh, dude, it's one of the greatest cameos ever." And I was like, "Fuck!" Gosh damn it! I know it. it. So when Gosh, I saw it, damn it, I still loved it though. And the it way he said Spider Man, Spider Man, you know, like Spider Man. Yeah. It was just good. it was good to see him again in Spider Man, and people have been dying for him to be J. Jonah Jameson again. So you know, obviously that was kind of a little fan service. 
uh, it, it just was a little weird to see him not as enthusiastic or as uh, charismatic in the role as he has been in the so Sam Raimi movies. I think it's because of the hair. Yeah. I think the his costume, his persona is downplayed. Is the hair, the mustache, the the cigar? It's a little bit of everything. Yeah, he wasn't into it. I don't know. I think I think it was into it. It's just people change, and I guess they're trying to distance themselves from the Raimi JK. Yeah, the Raimi JJ. So, how do you feel about Magneto telling everyone about Spider Man's uh, identity? <laughs> Magneto. <laughs> I, God damn it, uh, Mysterio. <laughs> oh, I'm getting names okay. wrong left and right. So, I think it's a classic Mysterio move, and. It's not like Mysterio hasn't done this before where he has used cameras and hidden cameras to his advantage. And I wouldn't put it past Marvel to kill off Jake Gyllenhaal right away. Jake Gyllenhaal is a big draw. And and I think he did really well in this movie. And I think an ensemble with him, with Mike, my boy, Michael Keaton, can't forget about my boy, Michael Keats. Just the beginning of the Sinister Six is brewing. The beginning. You already got the Scorpion. You already got the Vulture. You already got Mysterio. And one of the other guys in this movie was name was Dimitri something, 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 who is the character's name of the chameleon. So you got four of the six. There you go. And you have Shocker. Is he that's still five. alive? I believe so. So you just need one more, and that's Sandman. Or Craven the Hunter. It's one of the two. Pretty sure it's Craven. Yeah, it's Craven. So what if instead of uh leading into another Avengers, they use all the movies to lead into a big Sinister Six versus Spider-Man movie? And that would be legit because they don't have an ensemble of villains yet. I don't think they've done that in any of the movies, have they? No. Villains gathering together? That's what we need. And I think, what if Doctor Doom, per se, is pulling the strings? Then that can lead into the next phase of teasing Doctor Doom as the big villain. And Fantastic Four, and Boom. maybe... let's. You want this to be the Spider-Man third movie or the together movie after Spider-Man 3? The together movie. Okay. He still needs some time to grow. I don't think right now he could handle a Sinister Six. No. And he needs no, his no, no. two other Spider-Men with him. Yeah. Toby and Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. All I could see is Reed Richards be going, I heard you needed some help. I got some guys from this other place to help you out. And oh, then my God. <laughs> how amazing would that be? The expendable. Every one of us is expendable. What does uh, what does Toby say? Hit it, babe. No. When he's in the third one. Say? Yeah. What does he say? What does he say? <sighs> Keep it cool. Play it, play it, Sam. Play it, Sam. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but uh, uh, what I think it's interesting is what they're gonna do for Peter with his job. His job is another thing that's part of the Peter mythos. And I do not think they're going to go with the photographer because so far he has not showed an inkling that he knows how to use a camera. What did you think of the second end credit scene? So, so. Real quick, what do you think? Real quick, 
I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was one of my, I think these two end credit scenes were actually end credit scenes that mattered. And I hope they do matter. Um, so, so what I'm thinking is, is shield in space. And what they call that is sword. And that's sentient world observation and response department. And usually that's head up by other people, uh, not Nick Fury and shield. So what it, it's either that or it's a squirrel, a squirrel ship in orbit. Because I don't think Nick Fury is one to leave Earth. That's his home. That's what he wants to protect. And I think he's... What I think is, he's... Marvel's going to do big on Cosmic. They're going big. So for Cosmic, you got Fantastic Four. You got Nova. You got Guardians of the Galaxy. And you Sword. Got, yeah, and Sword. You got... Would you say Thor? No, I said sword, but I mean, yeah, Thor and, and the Thor. Guardians. Right. So you have so much that, and they have, mu- there's much more out there. Hopefully they'll be legit. What'd you think of the end credits, see, Mario? I didn't get to see it. I walked out of the oh, movie yeah. theater. <laughs> um, so I say we grade this real quick in, in a, uh, in some kind of way. Um, I think I'm going to give it an 8.8 out of 10. Goodness. I wish I could have seen it with, uh, Obviously, certain people, certain person, I, I don't want to say, but uh, um, yeah, I, I, I just, you know, my seat was kind of crappy and people I was sitting next to, it was, just, it was a very lonely day, so feeling lonely and, and shitty, so uh, that movie did help me in a lot of ways feel better seeing it by myself, but it, it you know, I'm not even going to say that, but Eight eight point eight out of ten. I really liked it, and like I said, you don't have to see it in theaters, but if you did, it was worth it. And if you uh, like superheroes and stuff, uh, go see it for sure. So I I don't do numbers, so I'm just gonna do a rundown of things that I loved. Um, so I loved Mysterio. I loved his powers, if you could call them that. Uh, essentially, he he's basically a magician, and it, he's an illusionist, and I love that. Uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker's he's fully growing into the role and I think if he stays out of trouble which I hope he does I think he has a bright future with Marvel if he continues to do it like uh, Chris Evans did Captain Marvel who I mean Captain America who did like 10 10 uh, roles of Captain America total I think it's either 10 or 12 and it's a lot what I do love is how Tony still has an impact on the world of the MCU universe and how the villains of this movie are Tony's villains and are, you know, you can't call them villains, but he feels, they feel slighted by Tony. And I, I do love the fact that Tony and his legacy still has an impact on this world. Um, and also upon that, I'd like how this, Phases one through three, it started with Iron Man, Tony Stark, revealing his identity. That was his choice to reveal it. And this one, the end of phase three, the epilogue, you could call it, Peter Parker's identity was forced out against his will. So I think it's a very nice parallel right there. I think MJ, Aunt May, Happy, I think everyone in this movie is good. I think the action is phenomenal. Uh, it's a l- there are l- I would say there was only a couple dull parts that I felt that I was kind of dull but other than that i believe this is one of the i've i believe it's much much better than homecoming 
I would say this would be behind Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2 and Into the Spider-Verse and easily one of the new best Spider-Man movies, though. So there you have it. Uh, that was our take on Spider-Man Far From Home. We talked about a bunch of other things. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, you can find us online on Twitter, Instagram at cinema seven underscore pod. Look us up on Facebook. Uh, we have an email. If you want to email us at cinema seven podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Patreon. If you want to donate to the Patreon, uh, go to patreon.com slash C seven or slash cinema seven. Uh, if you want to, uh, use all, if you like free things, check out our audible trial offer which you go to audibletrial.com backslash c7 pod you get 30 days free trial and you get a free audiobook and if you cancel your membership you keep the audiobook or the free credit thing but with that um we're gonna send it off and chris hawk is going to take it away so as always at us at summer seven we want to thank you always for listening with us for watching with us and for exploring with us. And in honor of the United Women's National Soccer Team, it is one team, one nation. One dream. One dream. <laughs>